What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Crossing Broadcast. I am not Kyle Scott. I am Adam Lefko. I have gone full heel, and I am joined by Kyle and Russell Joy. I don't know what episode this is for us, but it's starting to click, and I'm liking it a lot. Uh, we're getting a lot of good comments on Twitter, a lot of good comments on iTunes. Uh, just to kind of let you guys know, if you're new listeners, the show posts three times per week at around 7 a.m. Uh, we record, and then Kyle throws it up as quickly as he can, and I appreciate what you do, Kyle. You're good at it. Um, and it'll so make it, it easier because we're doing this on Thursday night, our first night record. So we'll be up. I have so tomorrow. much more energy. This is amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to California and I appreciate you guys doing this for me so I can get on my flight to JFK. I'm glad, that, I'm, I'm glad that we're all together. Here we are on a beautiful Thursday night. Mm. What, a, what a great time to be alive and a, a lovely time to see your glowing faces. If only you we could see the glowing faces so good. of all of our wonderful listeners who I'm sure have bathed us, showered us in five-star reviews. On they IT. actually have. There's, Fantastic I'm, I'm almost surprised at how many five-star reviews there are, but I have a new rule because I've turned heel and I am now in control of this, and it is this. Russell, here is the new rule. You are only allowed to talk about the Philadelphia Union in your Trump accent for the rest of time. Well, are you okay with that? Can we hear a preview, please? I'm just going to say, excuse me, Adam Lefko, very nice guy. Love him. He's a New Yorker. We love New York. New York Red Bull, they lost last week. Very sad. Very upsetting. <laughs> lost to the Union. Not a very good team, believe me. Terrible, terrible team. Very sad. Can I say I anything about the Union? Don't know. Go ahead, Adam. I Believe me. I got to oh, say, your, imp- to say. your impression is better than Stephen Colbert's. Colbert, I don't know, excuse has started me. doing excuse impressions. And yours is Trevor actually Nova's much too. better. Yeah, it Kyle, is. It is. Kyle, you're a great guy. Love you as well. By all means, let's continue. Great. You got the cadence. Oh, that was awesome. You got the cadence. All right, let's get to uh, iTunes comments because we did say that if you rate us five stars, we'll read those first. Uh, before we get to some good ones on Twitter, I will be quick. Uh, Bull 1818, uh, five stars, great show. Since Spike has ruined an outstanding radio station that was run, man, fairly well the last 25 years. It is so great to have something good to listen to in the Philadelphia sports market again. Outstanding. Mike underscore Verna said great show, five stars. Uh, we got a few people like Sasquatch 54 saying can't wait for it to be daily. We have 72 five-star reviews. I just want to let you guys know that that is awesome. Uh, one question for you guys, Karina Sarita. Uh, says, what is worse, Sam Bradford's sleeves or Doug Peterson's visor? I'll go first, Sam, Bur- uh, Sam Bradford's sleeves. Easy. Doug's got nice hair. He could pull it off. I, he makes him look like a boob, and I don't like the visor, but you can kind of argue it for his age. Uh, the sleeves, as a skinny guy, I know that the bigger your sleeves are, the smaller it makes your arms look. So if you wear tighter sleeves, it enhances the size of your arms. Bradford mm. looks like he's got like little chicken wings hanging off there because of the sleeves. It's a pro it doesn't tip, make guys. him look like a pro athlete. That is a pro Adam, tip from a skinny guy. Adam, did you hear uh, Kyle call Doug Peterson a boob again? I feel like we need a right. boob alert at this point. This Maybe is, that's this is becoming think- a... A chronic that's the next thing. Crossing Broad T-shirt. It's just a picture where Doug Peterson's eyes are boobs. It's perfect. Hey, I, I actually sold Crusher Doug shirts in the fall after they went three and zero, and then uh, yeah, those stopped selling by October. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to go. Gets- I'm going sleeves. I'm going sleeves too. I mean, he looks like a child, and you need to grow up. Uh, they also asked, and Beater Simmons get their own signature shoe. I think we're all on board. It's Simmons. Big guys don't get shoes. 
But Russ, I do. Th- I yeah, but do wait, do Adam, you're the you're the you're the the urban sneaker guy. You're the guy with the Twitter avatar with the nice red kick sitting on a wall. So you, I know you have some insight here. So explain to me first and everybody else where is, si- first where, is, where Simmons is on the Nike scale because I didn't know this was a thing until you told me. Before. Yeah, sure. First, uh, first thing is Kyle is definitely not a sneaker guy because he repair. Re- re- Referred to my Jordan fours as those red shoes on the wall, which is amazing because <laughs> they're like insane. Uh, there are tiers to Nike athletes. The top tier, that's going to be your LeBron. That's going to be your Durant. That's going to be your Kyrie. Those are the shoes that players in the NBA wear. Uh, then that second tier is the younger guys, the DeMarcus Cousins, the Carl Anthony Towns, the Anthony Davises, and the Ben Simmons. Uh, the reason I know this is they do a cartoon on Bleacher Report called Small Ball. And when you're working with Nike, they want to promote more of their second tier athletes. And that's why they're all featured in that. So that's kind of how I learned about what it. What are the practical differences? Like mm-hmm. uh, besides pay and whatever their contract is, are there some sort of differences between guys signa- like Simmons? So the top tier, the top tier, you get a signature shoe. Okay. Like they sell Kyrie's in stores, whereas DeMarcus Cousins is going to be getting like either any Nike shoe he wants, or he's wearing just the Nike shoes. He's he does not have his own sellable shoe. Will they customize something for him on court, but it won't be sold? Is that is that how it works, that or does he just sure. pick a shoe off the rack? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they get unlimited funds to buy whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I got um, you. Like your cool I red kicks. I blog in Crocs, I, so, you know, it's for comfort. Ooh, ooh yeah. Ooh, no. You're like Mario Batali on the Dude, chew. I don't, I don't um, leave the house. Wait, fun fact about Crocs, real quick. Uh, Ron Jeremy at <laughs> no. Wing Bowl. Ron, Ron Jeremy at Wing Bowl a few years. I know I've told this story written on the website. One of the greatest things I've ever witnessed was standing in what would be the Flyers bench while cheerleaders had rented it out. So there's a group of strippers and strip club managers sitting in the bench. I'm there as quote-unquote media just taking pictures, and I'm watching Ron Jeremy and Lou Nolan have a heart-to-heart while Ron Jeremy, three, this is before he got his whatever stroke or whatever, three colors of hair, gray coming out of his head, then dyed black, then red tips from a previous dye job, wearing red Crocs with nasty-ass overgrown blackened toenails. Ron Jeremy and Lou Nolan. Jeremy and the time Crocs. out. You time out. We started recording because Kyle's computer broke down and he said we were taking too long in the comments. And he told me a gross ass story about Ron <laughs> Jeremy. Did, Kyle, I have photo I'm evidence. Battle photo evidence. You, Kyle. It's going, it's going in the post tomorrow Rock. for this. Rock. Yeah. All right. Hold on, um, Russ. Tell, I like yeah. your Joel Embiid sneaker idea. Yeah. I, I hated to interrupt that, that <laughs> riveting tale of a, Ew, of an American, so gross. you know, it's an true American story. icon. Good God. Um, I definitely like the idea of Joel Embiid kind of being the new Shaq and having an affordable shoe for kids who, you know, shouldn't be um, taking food out of their family's mouths uh, where they actually need it and can actually buy a nice pair of sneakers uh, and, you know, don't necessarily need to be a big baller to uh, wear a shoe that people want to, you know, would want to wear. And I think if if Embiid's doing it, they're probably going to be in wacky colors. They're going to be ridiculous and over the top. It'll, I think lead, it'll, it'll add to his incredible legacy of being a man of the people. I think imagine, it'd be awesome. Imagine if the Sixers draft Lonzo, or Alonzo, as you would call him, Adam, uh, yes. and you have one guy with the $500 shoe and the other guy with the $50 shoe. Yeah. I and let me tell you something. Joel Embiid, you know what the number, his first shoe is going to be called? The process. The process it's going to be maybe. dope. He trademarked right, let's go to balls Twitter. that thing. He's got a red, white, and blue, and he's probably got one with the colors of the Cameroonian flag, which... If we get to it later, yeah, it's a 
cool story out Good of that article country. by Jack Newman. All right, let's get to Twitter. Uh, we had two questions pertaining to bowel movements. Uh, I'll read the more appropriate one from Poop Dollar, whose Twitter handle is Poop Dollar One. Man. I guess poop dollar was taken, so he added a number to it. Nah, because, I forgot his password and got locked out. Yeah. Uh, his question is, toilet paper roll over or under? Do you like to let it hang or rest on top of the roll? Kyle, you're first. Absolutely over. I'm super OCD about my toilet paper rolls. Both the little, that little piece that holds it in, that has to be in a certain direction with the the smaller oh. end, end of, the, of the stick, I don't know what it's called, on the left side. And the toilet paper, it's got to go over, so when you're done, you could just easily slap it and it comes rolling out if you got to reach underneath that's that's no that's a great thing tweet at crossing broad what is the name of the thing that holds the toilet paper use the hashtag toilet paper thing all right (laughs) we'll see how many we get uh russ are you over i'm over russ i'm over over. i'm over as well i think if you are under you need to stop you need to go out in the woods and you need to just use a leaf (laughs) because you are not deserving of that lovely soft two ply that is about to sacrifice itself for for your cleansing. You All didn't right, read do... the standard sick question. I know. I'm not. I don't want to read that. There's That's a right gross. answer though. There's a right answer. Okay, so you're you're not going to come on here and talk about Ron Jeremy's toenails and then whether or not you stand or sit to wipe. I'm drawing the line. I've turned heel. Fair. You have to stand. I don't even know if that heel. Oh you might have just turned face. You might have. Just... What is happening, Kyle? You're gross. We uh, what about it? And Joseph Conti, I'm, I'm going. Joseph Conti at Joey C eighteen ninety seven. What about food? If you could only eat appetizers or only eat desserts, I am team appetizer. Yeah, ditto. Appetizer. Really? Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Too full, you're too full by the end of the meal. I'd rather enjoy the appetizer is the best part Unless of the meal. Unless it's key lime pie. It's fair. But it, or or if there's a tequila flight appetizer, like uh, uh, not appetizer, you can get a tequila flight with dessert at the Taqueria Feliz in uh, Fort Washington. Highly recommended. Not sponsored. You Hold on. on. Yeah. Now tweet at Taqueria Feliz, everybody, <laughs> and ask for them to sponsor the Crossing broadcast. That was great. Good job. Yeah, you got it. You got to go appetizers. You got to get like a like a nice antipasto platter out there. Get some prosciutto. Am I the only one that wants onion rings and mozzarella sticks? All right. I love mozzarella sticks. Yes. We have another tweet about a former Crossing Broad post um, from Mike underscore Serm. Is the 97.5 The Fanatic guest spot happening or what? Kyle, I want to know, too. What's the deal? I get asked this a lot. Uh, I had a, so as far as I know, yes, they were all about it. And then I said, I'm not coming in on short notice, do something I never did and make an ass of myself, but we will do, do you need it. Our said, help? Do you want well, me and Russ well, to join this, you? This is where I'm, this is where I'm going. So they said, we'll do it later as it slows down. Totally fair. Uh, I had a friend uh, who used to work in the work in the business. Reached out. I said, "You do your podcast on the air. Don't go down there. Do it yourself. It's not yeah, your it's strong free promotion. suit. You're not going to be able to do an hour by yourself anyway. It'll be too tough. You but trust your podcast me? is good. Yeah, the three of us." If they oh. if they would agree to it, it would be good promotion for the podcast. We'd be able to do a good hour of radio. Yeah. So I've been in that studio before. I I went in there. Here's a a little side story for uh, anybody who cares. Well, you're um, back I haven't even during, been there during during the uh, during the last World's Cup. Well, I don't know if we'll get in trouble for this, so maybe I shouldn't. Nah, he no ahead. longer works for the station. A a former host. Uh, I went in there for a World Cup, the World Cup final between Germany and Argentina, it's and got Nick sat Kale with uh, one of the hosts. It. it doesn't. I did like Nick Kale, but it was not him. You will not guess. I will not. Uh, you know, for, for fear of, I All don't right, know. Keep going. Go ahead. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff. 
That's it's yeah. a so, cool state. A cool I will studio. pitch that to them anyway, that we do the podcast because I think it would be better. It would make Don't even make tell them that. Better. Just say you're showing up and we come with you. Why are you this? I just read The Art of War. Stop giving your enemies all of the goddamn information. Because well, I know that they won't let us there. go on. If they're we expecting walk in there with NWO made, shirt, Fine, fine. But guess, guess what happens then, Kyle? They didn't produce an hour of the show because they expected you to come on and then they turn you away. And then who sounds like an idiot on an hour on the radio? The people mm, that didn't prepare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shinzu, read the book. All right. We got a good question uh, because we've been inherently negative towards local media. I wanted this one to be positive. This is from Kevin Richard at K-E-V-V-V-F. What is the best sports radio show in the city? He says it's Macnow and Didinger. Kyle, you're first because you have the all-time hate list. Uh, yeah, I know. Look, I'm not a total hater. I want to. I will say Cataldi because they, I mean, okay. look, he's been doing it for close to 30 years. This is the show I listened to driving to high school. I went to high school 30 minutes away from my house. So I remember my high school years were filled with listening to Cantaldi. I get why it's a stale act, but he's been doing it for a long while, and he's got incredible ratings, and can, they're slipping lately, but he's held an audience for that long, so they deserve it. And there's this really Macnail great, Danger is very good. Very good. There's this really great show that I tune into from time to time, uh, there's this guy, he, he talks about Primo Hoagies a lot. Uh, and apparently his girlfriend got fired recently, but that that's, that's no, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I think my favorite, my favorite personality on the radio, which may or may not be popular is Harry Mays, because I loved when he and Tony Bruno did a show together. I'm not as sold as much on Mays with Ellis, but I like Mays. So I'll listen to whatever he does. So that would be my pick. All right, so uh, now we have a new segment called Baby Got Slack where I go on and I read verbatim what one of you guys wrote in our Slack room because it's hilarious. <laughs> and this one is from Kyle, and it's a segment you want to talk about the Sixers, and he wrote, Bodner mentioned Sixers. Could Crowbar, Lowry, Embiid, and Paul George on the same team? And that sound you hear is me ejaculating. That's what <laughs> Kyle wrote in Slack. And now... Kyle, talk about Bodner. So he told you this? What was this? No, so Bodner's got his uh, his website, but all of his good stuff, he is ESPN Premium, is behind his Patreon paywall, which he's doing very well. Very with. I think he's got like yeah, 2,000, $3 subscribers. Mm-hmm. So here's what he Godner. wrote. This is behind a paywall. Uh, this was this is maybe 200 of uh, 30,000 words that he wrote on Sixers contracts and Robert Covington's uh, uh, upcoming negotiations. Uh, mm. Quote, Building the bench would be tough, especially this is if the Sixers max Lowry and what their team would look like two years from now. Quote, building the bench would be tough, especially as Simmons and Saric come up for new contracts following the 2019-2020 season. But if you walk away with a a core of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, Jonathan Isaac, and a Paul George level player, it may not matter, even as Lowry begins his inevitable decline. I also think there's some argument to be made that how Swift and Bede's rise to being an impact player should make you, at the very least, reevaluate your definition of the timeline the Sixers are on. I have two quick points there. Uh, first of all, what he was saying is they could max Lowry, they could re-max, they can max Embiid when it's time to do so, and probably crowbar another Paul George type max deal in there, but that would leave them almost no room to build out the bench, which I think what he's saying is might not really matter with that core. Um, he's not, he wasn't really bullish on the idea, but he did, he basically was saying, yes, it could get done. The second part uh, about Embiid's swift rise, 
I have a question for you guys. I feel like, do you think it's possible the Sixers think Embiid's window as a truly dominant, dominant, transcendent big man could be super narrow? Because he might be the sort of guy who's always going to be impacted by injuries. He might have a career where he's playing into his 30s, but he's completely hobbled by knee injuries by that point, and he's more of a you know, typical stay-at-home big man as opposed to the guy now who's rotating in and out, sprinting down the court to block shots. Do you think he's like a Bo Jackson-type player where we're going to look back and say, wow, this guy was really good when he was young for three years, and maybe the Sixers will acknowledge that and sign a guy like Lowry because we might only have this, this mega talent in this freak athletic body for a few years before in- injuries just ravage him and turn him into a more traditional My- big man. My really good friend, Dan Lapone, likes to say dark jokes about that. And he goes, we're going to look back at that like 30 game stretch and realize that that was the only 31 games that he played. And we're going to have to look at that era and figure that out. Look, that's the the question is you asked the question you asked was, do you think the Sixers think that that's the case? I think that I need the Sixers to be preparing for everything. Long term, obviously. Let's see how this health report is. If it's shorter, then maybe we do need to act quicker in the next four to five years and hope Simmons is further along having one year off to just study film and work on his body and his shot because he could have been working on his shot. So let's hope he's been working on his shot. Um, I need them to be ready for both. Because none of us know what's going to come back from this medical. No one knows microfracture surgery, knees, ankles, everything that's happening. I just need them to be prepared for both. And not and not that Embiid wouldn't play or just like would only play those 31 games, but that he the sort of guy we saw on the court will have a very short shelf life. You see this with flamethrowers in baseball. They come in and they're throwing 100 for two years and then they have to reinvent themselves as more of a traditional pitcher. That's what I'd be concerned about in Bede. Like, wow, we have this guy who right now could be the most dominant player on the court, on any court that doesn't have LeBron James on it, but that might only last for two years until inevitably his body just can't can't sustain that with that big body. But awesome. if you're going to do it, then then you've got to go for a full bailout. Like if if you really think that Embiid's only got three years, and this is beyond just a Kyle Lowry move, this is an absolutely gut everything that Hinky accumulated for you in terms of assets and draft picks to go after the Paul Georges of the world before they even hit free agency, and you've got to go one hundred percent pedal to the metal, because if if you blow it, you're looking at a scenario where uh, this is what I was saying the other day. I'd be worried about if you tender him, you know, the max contract, and then you have him and Lowry on the books. And you've got probably, what, 60%, 70% of your cap tied up in two players that are either injured or on the downside of their career. So if do I think the Sixers believe that it's going to be a short window for Joel? No, because I think they have to have some kind of hope or optimism. Do I think that do I think they have to prepare for it? Absolutely. But that's where I get into that that worry about having Lowry on the books for years three and four of, of that max deal, because if. If Joel were to get hurt after signing a max deal and you have Lowry on the book for 40 million, your flexibility to replace Joel or to put in other, you know, bring other guys in is a massive issue. On that first point about being able to fill out the bench, assuming that Embiid does not break down immensely, this is where Adam the other day was saying, does Lowry bring free agents to Philly? If you have a lineup that has Paul George, Lowry, even if he's iffy uh, in the middle of that contract, Embiid and Simmons, you can get those guys that that are you know pros that are chasing a, a championship. 
like the Vince Carters of the world, you know, obviously not then. Uh, he'll be 43 at that point. But like the the guys who are championship chasing, I don't think I don't think Paul George, I don't think Paul George and um, Kyle Lowry are drawing uh, championship. You if you want a championship, you're playing with uh, Westbrook, the Warriors, Houston, or LeBron. You are not going to Philadelphia with young guys. Hold on, I just want to do one new segment that I think we should do every time. It is a moment of silence for Joel Embiid's legs. If you are a true Sixers fan, please respect. Joel Embiid's legs, we'll do this every podcast in honor of the process. Thank you. That was perfect. I really think that, that was good. Um, I don't want to spend too much on hockey, but I do want to give Russ a little bit about hockey because he gets oddly excited about third and fourth tier sports. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give Ouch. you I'll leave you 15 seconds on Ovechkin and the Penguins. Go. I hate the Penguins. I wanted Ovechkin to win as much as I hate Ovechkin. He did a nice thing for a girl with Down syndrome a few years ago. I was rooting for him. It sucked. They lost. I can't wait to watch Pittsburgh either lose in the conference finals or the Stanley Cup finals. I hate you, Sidney Crosby. But All right, wait. this is, I need, on, did, I need did, Russ. Did you guys Kyle. see that I, Slava Malamud Twitter rant real quick? Yes, it was Just very Russian long. Was- it was, and this I is how a, Kyle gets you to talk more about hockey for more than my know, 15 seconds, baby. I know. Ooh, hold magic. On, hold on. I have a theory. I have a theory. I need you guys to tell me if I'm wrong. What if Ovi is the Iverson of the NHL? An incredible scorer that people question the rest of his game, especially his defense. Many people claim that you can't build around him. He's not a real leader. And questionable friends. Iverson had his crew that we talked about for years and Ovechkin has the Russians. It's and Vladimir at this point Putin. in time, it's very concerning. It's <laughs> Vladimir Putin. What do you think? He's the Iverson of the NHL? No, I know. I couldn't disagree with you more. I, look, I, Iverson, Ovechkin has had a good team around him, and they've been perennially the best regular season team in hockey for Matt Geiger, three Eric of the last. Snow. No, no, no. But that's my point. The, the Capitals have had I, I a good team around Ovechkin. Uh, sorry, uh, they've had a good team around him. They, he has a, 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 he has a team problem. So say what you want about Iverson. All that dude wanted to do was win. And yeah, it was me, me, me. But it had to be me, me, me because he was the only halfway decent player on the team. Ovechkin, the, the criticism from Slava Malamud, which, by the way, this is a Russian guy who's been covering him his entire time with the Capitals. He has a bit of a vendetta against Ovechkin, probably because he's blown him off millions of times throughout the course of his career. I thought it was a little unfair. He completely blamed it on him being a me-first player, someone who was uh, more concerned about being a bad boy than being a star, more concerned about being a pretty boy than being a winner. Uh, that is not Allen Iverson. Like, Say what you want about AI off the court. There is nothing that guy wouldn't have given to win. Um, Except so I don't his time think... of fan appreciation night. Oh, I'm sorry. We just we just gloss over that with Chris Webber. It's no, fine. But, no, but AI wasn't like AI was, was. I will never talk shit on AI. No, I mean AI. You could say what you want about him. That dude wanted to win, and there no one is faulting AI that the Sixers didn't win a, a championship. The fact that they yeah, got that was Billy on a King's game fault too. Time incredible. out. Back then we did. Back no. then, every fucking offseason was, are we trading AI because we can't win with him? We did no. talk about that. It, well, that it was, happening. are we trading AI because he's a bit of a problem and he can't practice and he always gets in trouble and he butts heads with the coach and he butts heads with the owner? Well, that uh, once that 2001, doesn't sound like what you were just saying about AI. That sounds exactly what we were just saying. No, but it wasn't, it wasn't we can't win with this guy. It's like 
There was apps. I bet you if I Google it right now, can you I'm win sure with Alan I'm sure you can find Howard Eskin saying it because he was borderline racist in his critiques of AI for a little while. But I mean, that's a whole oh, other story. Ooh, what an accusation here. All right, <laughs> we're going to move on because race is cool. Oh, no, you might want to cut that one out. If we're, if we're going to go into race, we may as well have... No, stop. We're not, no, we're, no. We better bring up Mike Mizzanelli as a guest. All right, stop. All right. <laughs> uh, there, the website, The Comeback, uh, writer... And it's Brad Gagnon, which kills me because he works at Bleacher Report, ranked all 32 starting quarterbacks. Um, Carson Wentz in the top 10? No. Uh, number 11, Marcus Mariota. This was quarterbacks going into next year. Marcus Mariota was 11. Marcus Mariota tore his ACL in like the second to last game of the year. Who knows if he's going to play? That doesn't make sense. We're talking about just next year. He, he's better than Tyrod Taylor. He's better than Carson Palmer. He's better than Brian Hoyer. But this writer had him below all of them. He had him at number 25 below Sam Bradford, Brian Hoyer, and Alex Smith. Guys, Philadelphia fans, we have a top 15 quarterback who has the potential to go top 10. Anyone that is doubting him is going on NFL.com and looking at touchdown interception ratios and team wins and losses after a 3-1 and start, and they're going, well, he wasn't that great when we all know that when you watch the games, he had no wide receivers, no offensive line, no running backs, and a coach who, after he suffered a concussion, decided to play him at fullback. Carson Wentz did all of this by himself. Anyone that tells you that he's not that good, tell them that they're an idiot and tell them that I sent you. Carson Wentz is a baller. Well, like touchdowns and interceptions. Yeah, touchdowns and interceptions to me is the same kind of statistic as wins and losses for a pitcher in in baseball. It doesn't really tell the full story. It's like the the cute thing if you're a uh, surface level fan of a sport, but it it does not. It's Sproles. yeah, it, it doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the guy was doing. So that seems like, at best, maybe the stupidest take we've seen on Carson Wentz uh, in a ranking. But like like Adam said, for him to be rated that far uh, after Marcus Mariota, who was out for most of last season, like that's nonsensical. And uh, Hoyer? How that's is Hoyer, insane. Like, that's how is insane. Hoyer not dead last? I mean, uh my guess is this is a writer that I see this all the time in college when they per- purposely preseason rankings rate Kentucky low because their online presence is so good. Philadelphia has a very good online presence. So if you have a quarterback that's very low on the rankings, no one complains about their quarterback being too high. And who better to come at than the Philadelphia fans? So let's be smart, Philadelphia. We might be getting played. I, I was just going to say that. I've seen this all the time. Like I've made a... a basically made a career out of finding this stuff and the feigning outrage against national writers, especially when they would rank Phillies the worst fan base. And there have been national bloggers that have told me, they're like, we, Philly is by far on social media, the most active fan base for all the sports. And this is like page one. This is the one Oh one out of that playbook. Take a shot at Philly. They'll get riled up sites like ours and, and the local media and radio stations will tweet it out and talk about it. So it's total troll bait. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, Like, here's what he wrote. It's really short, so I'm just going to read it. He says, uh, after a hot four-game start to his rookie season, it was actually like more like a three-game start, Wentz was one of the first worst quarterbacks in the NFL. 
He had a 9-13 to touchdown to interception ratio in the final 12 weeks. Like you guys said, anyone watching the Eagles saw how inept their offense was and had little to do with Wentz. I don't have a problem with him being fairly low on this list because we are everything we're saying about him is mostly based on potential and the tools that we've seen. And any sane person would say that because he was the second pick in the draft, and he does clearly have this ability. I don't have a problem with him being somewhat low on this list, but like putting Hoyer in front of him or Sam Bradford – like yeah, that, that's, that's ridiculous. I actually but, get Marcus Mariota because he had a he had the better part of his first yeah, season. Yeah, he's a very really good, player. good. So I don't mind that. But it's like, what are you grading this on? Potential right now? If it's right now, the Mariota's too high. It's just it's unfair. The only guys behind Wentz are Sim, uh, Trevor Simeon, Mike Glennon, Josh McCown, Tom Savage, Blake Bortles, Jared Goff, and whoever starts for the Browns. I mean, that wasn't Tom Savage in the Wonder Years, or was it Boy Meets World, or is he their Fred. brother? Yeah. That was good. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I have a question for you. So I have two things about what I think is a very big story coming out, which is Brandon Graham holding out. My first thing is it on the current on Philly.com right now, it is not on the front page. There is an article about would this be what would a breakout season for Zach Ertz be? And then recommending JJ Reddick instead of Kyle Lowry. Am I crazy to think that a Brandon Graham pending uh, franchise tag is deserving of the front page of Philly.com sports? Am I Am I over the top or no? Do you think it should be or shouldn't be? I think it absolutely should be. Not only that, Jeff McLean, their own writer, broke the story. Oh, absolutely. And it's giving, uh, well, given the that, current sports landscape, uh, yeah. I mean, that should be the front, front cover of the paper. The stuff that is right, so here's, to make its way is, is super here's, low bar for that right now. I know that a lot of radio stations were talking about it. I tuned into Ike Reese and Carlin. I heard them trying to explain it. I think there's sorry. a different way to do it. So I'm here's so the information from the <laughs> thank you from the Jeff McLean article. Uh, Brandon Graham stopped attending workouts. He's expected to skip OTAs. He could possibly skip minicamp in June. And from my perspective, that's when it gets serious because that's when they start fining. So we don't really have to care about this until June in terms of whether or not it's serious. Uh, the issue is uh, he is got $13 million left over the last two years. Uh, to give everyone perspective, remember when Brandon Grand got that contract extension, four years, $26 million, a lot of people said this could be stupid for the Eagles. He only has 16 sacks in five seasons. Now, the Eagles took a risk, and it worked. He had 12 sacks in the last two years. They took a risk with Michael Kendricks, and it didn't work. Those were the two risks they took, and now Brandon Grand wants to get paid, especially because Vinnie Curry is making – literally twice as much as him in the next few years. And if I were Brandon Graham, I'd be pissed too. My question to you guys is this. We always say fans don't get upset at the player because he's got a limited time. He's risking his life. He's out there. Everyone deserves fair pay. If you went to your boss, you deserve it. But then we're also fans of the team and we go, Okay, but I want him to play and Vinnie Curry and I don't know if this Barnett kid's going to be ready yet. We could be good if Brandon Graham plays. So then we get restless and then we call them selfish. How the hell are we supposed to talk about this as fans? Because I see both sides and I don't know which one's right. Russ? Well, I, I was going to – the first thing that I, I just wanted to point out is I feel like every season that Zach Ertz has been on the team – We've seen the same article of when is a what is a breakout year, and this is going to be the breakout year. It's it's this like tired point that that's brought up by traditional Philly media, and like at some point you just have to wonder like is it ever going to happen? Not 
is yeah, it going so to be let this me hear year? about Graham. Yeah. Well, okay. So he's, he somehow Graham, spun your Brandon Graham thing. In, in the he had a big Zach Ertz point at the media and uh, over their their judgment well, of Zach. The, Ertz. the reason I say that was impressive. Is <laughs> Ertz is like Ertz is the sexy conversation. He's he's a skilled player. Brandon Graham, to your point, I guess, is <laughs> a guy that that fans hated for a long time for being an underachiever and not being Earl Thomas. But because he's played so well and because he's been such a grinder, and yes, if you're a rational fan and you compare what he's making to Vinnie Curry, you're now going to kind of find yourself in this weird kind of conundrum where you might have hated him before, but you kind of have to support him now. And if you compare what he's making versus Vinnie Curry, you almost have to side with him. And even if you think that him making twice as much money um, and, and that kind of money going against the cap is detrimental to the team... I mean, I, I see where where there's this this you know gray area and this weird kind of quagmire that we find ourselves in. But um, I, I would say that he is at least somewhat deserving of a raise. It's just a matter of how much. I have always oh Kyle, go ahead Kyle. Yeah, I was going. I I think fans have come around to the point now where we're not. We're not trained. I know I just paid Angelo a compliment, and by the way, I'm not sure why I did because we want people to listen to us in the mornings. But um, I, I think we're it. not trained by the Angelos and Howards of the world to overreact to these guys not being Philly guys, not being winners, not being AI, not being Darren Dalton. Like I think most fans now get that these guys, especially football players, have a very limited shelf life uh to to make their career earnings and most of the time these holdouts don't result into the guys missing the season so i don't think anybody right now is getting too bent out of shape about brandon graham potentially holding out and most people get it if you get close to the season then yeah you might start to hear a little bit of it but right now i think it's like a non-issue so i get to your point why it might be a good story for the back page of the paper, but I mean that is that is pretty much the biggest story we got going in Philly right now, and I don't really think it's that big anyway, and I don't think that many people care. My uh, my main thing is this: I've always said that I want a player to truly do the holdout, to truly hold out through the season and make their team pay. I don't want it to be this player and this team. I was really hoping that was going to be like a Patriots thing or like a, or like a Texans thing. Uh, I don't want Brandon Graham to do that. But um, the main point that I come up with is why the fuck do they pay Vinnie Curry all that money in the first place? Like I, like you look at it now and you go, that's the one contract that doesn't make sense for anything. Uh, but that's, that's, you know, here nor there. But I think it is interesting. It's just something to watch. Uh, we've had rumors about Jordan Matthews um, and all that stuff. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. The one thing that I do want to talk about, though, is, Kyle, your last question. Let's wrap it up with this. Do kids even like sports teams, local sports teams? Give your story, and then I want Russ to add, because this is actually where I think Russ's teacherhood is very valuable. Yeah, so I got a question. Uh, my friend called me today, by the way, likes our podcast, and he said this this would be a good, so we'll take it. Uh, he took did his he kids to school. What's that? I he said, did. did he write a five-star review? All right, I, I will ask him. He took his kids to school, and he <laughs> said he walked in, and it was like sports day or wear green day, something like that. I think it was wear green. No one had anything Eagles on. He said what he saw the most of was Packers, and he said our kids these days – even local sports fans. And it, it kind of sounds ridiculous until you think about it. Any kid under 10 right now, because you figure from the time you're five, you could start to understand sports and you know get a rooting interest. For the last five years, Philly sports has been just a vast, torched 
wasteland. So are there any kids under 10 who really have an affinity towards these teams? And I think there's something to be said there. Um, there's a whole lot of people who will tell you now that kids are fans of players because they're on their fantasy teams and they can play with them in video games. So you get a lot of Warriors fans. You get a lot of, I guess, Aaron Rodgers fans. You get a lot of LeBron fans. It's very easy. And, and you have access, unlike when we were kids, you have access truly to watch almost any game at any time if you really wanted to. So I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is Philly teams haven't been that good. But then on the flip side, I look back and remember when I was 10 years old, 1993. Obviously, everyone was into the Phillies that year. But our big thing in school, the Sixers sucked, the Flyers sucked, the Eagles sucked. Our big thing was the Charlotte Hornets, Grandmama, Muggsy Bogues. We used to draw Charlotte Hornets players dunking in class and like try and outdo each other with the crazy dunks that we could draw. People had Notre Dame starter jackets, Florida State starter jackets at the time. Um, so I like, and we all grew up to be big time Philly fans. It's just that there wasn't that much to get excited about locally. So we liked the stars that we saw elsewhere, but Russ, I, I'd be interested to get your take because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah, our kids con- in the class wearing Eagle stuff. It's a perfect confluence of events where the teams haven't been good. And now you have all this access between fantasy and the ability to watch all these other, other players quite easily is the, is like, are those provincial walls being broken down? Kyle, how old did or like what what level school did your friend go into? Do you say it was an elementary school? Yeah, I want to say like five, like kindergarten aged, maybe a little okay. older. So I think you're seeing it a lot more at that age, um, more so than like even in the middle and high school level. There, there is that growing soccer culture. Now, if I say soccer, do I have to talk as Trump or do I pick another whatever? No, you're um, good. I, I think it's I think it's important to point out that like as the soccer culture starts to grow. Soccer culture internationally is that you pick a player. Quite often, people gravitate towards players because that's just how it works, and you watch highlight reels, and that's that's how you get into it. And that kind of culture is starting to permeate its way into, you know, our our major four sports. And so, there, I think there's this whole thing is twofold. There's the fashion sense, right? Like there's there are people who and kids who want to wear the Green Bay jersey because the Green Bay jersey is classic and it's cool and they could match it to their shoes and whatever kind of Jordans or whatever uh, Adam likes to wear. Um, That was our Charlotte Hornets thing, by the way. There's cool jerseys back then. There's there's a fashion statement to that, right? Like I'll see kids that wear like a Vancouver Grizzlies hat and I'm like, I love the fact that you found the Vancouver Grizzlies. Now, obviously, they don't know who that is. They still they think it's like a misprint that Memphis and Vancouver are like the same thing, but whatever. So I think there's part of it is the fashion sense. And I think part of it is, like you said, playing fantasy sports and gravitating towards stars. Look, we're living in this tech age where everything is at your fingertips and it's immediate, um, you know, it's immediate payoff, immediate reward. This generation, and I'm not exactly that far off them doesn't want to sit around and wait for a team in Philly to be good. They'd rather root for somebody who's good now. And if it just so happens that there is a good player in Philly sports that they can gravitate to, like a Carson Wentz or a Joel Embiid, they're all over that, like salt on a peanut, unless you have a peanut allergy, and then it's very bad. Bad, bad, very bad. Um, Classic I, teacher I would, response. I I, you know, I would I would make the the case that I think that's probably the number one reason why you see younger people especially wearing you know, sports paraphernalia from other teams, it's because they want that instant gratification to feel like they can be part of watching a winning team. And until it happens here, I think you're going to see more and more of it. I I think, real quick, real quick. I'm going to end with, 
Yeah, go for it. Uh, to, to your point, Russ, baseball has struggled with this because you mentioned people just being able to go on YouTube and watch highlights. That is something you could absolutely do in basketball, uh, a little bit in hockey, less or so in football. And baseball, five years ago, when when social media really got big and got video capabilities and YouTube became very mainstream, baseball was draconian about taking down their videos, trying to direct everyone to MLB.com. And they already had an older fan base. And now you're seeing that as a sport, you look at like there was an article about Mike Trout not long ago. Other than Bryce Harper, there are genuine superstars like Trout who are virtually like unmarketable outside their cities because the, the, the people who have grown up watching these highlight videos, you weren't able to do that for baseball players. You couldn't go watch Trout leg out a triple and mash home runs because Major League Baseball took those videos down. I think that's a very small part of the problem, but I think it's part of the reason you see a sport like baseball struggling, and basketball is really thriving right now. And locally, if there's one team who's primed to like win over the kids, it's definitely going to be the Sixers. I, you know, My son's one and a half, and I'm convinced that by the time he's three or four, he's already doing JoJo power jams on his little net. By the time he's three or four, he's going to be into the Sixers. And when I go to the gym, and it's the only time I'm really around kids, like middle school, high school age, I'm shooting baskets, they're all wearing a Simmons or Embiid shirt, uh, jersey or T-shirt. And I, I think in the end, guys, it comes down to the parents. I tried to buy a Dallas Cowboys jacket when I was in 1995. I was nine, and I called my dad, and he said, if you bring that to the house, it's fine. I said, really? He said, yeah, but you're not allowed inside, and you will sleep outside, and the only gear you will own is Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies. And that's I didn't have a choice. And all these parents that they go to the store and their kid sees the the green hornet and the blue star and they go, I want to give my kid everything. Raise your kids better. Raise them as a Philadelphia fan. Stop being a loser weakling who lets your kids run your life. This is coming from a man who doesn't have kids. The only guy in that this has who's kids. living in New York. Yeah. Well, guess oh. what? Oh, no. <laughs> Was, was that an insult? Yeah, well, guess what? I feel like I'm making the right decision right now because I'm with you two motherfuckers and I'm having a great night. All right, so this is The Crossing Broadcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, if you leave us a five-star review, it does two things. It helped us get ranked in iTunes, which helps other people see this. And I will read your comments on the show. Comments, questions insults, slander, libel, whatever you have, it will make the air because it's more fun that way. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, these two Sterling dudes are going to have to do Monday solo again. And I apologize, but I will be on a beach in San Diego. So you're not supposed sorry. to tell them that now people won't listen. Cut that part out, Kyle. Yeah, no, they like, they like Russ. Russ gets more love than you, Adam. He does. They he does. like the weird teacher. I'm gonna, I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to slowly poison Russ's coffee in the morning. <laughs> Weird teacher, Ed Rendell. Yeah, if you try to poison my coffee, I'm just letting you know. I don't usually get to drink it until about 11 a.m. So anything you hear in the morning is 100% unfiltered, unadulterated, me waking up. That's it. Adam, do you Russ, have coffee before we do this when we do it in the morning? No, I'm dude. I'm we wake up one, so huh? early. I'm barely, I'm barely functioning. I haven't even taken a piss yet. That's impressive. It's not, you it's, guys it is not that. a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday morning without hearing uh, Kyle Scott slurping down his coffee while <laughs> Skype video loads up. I would say there's nothing like signing on. The first noise you hear from Kyle is, Ugh, <laughs> Hey, that's the first, that's how I wake up from the three days a week right now. Is Kyle Scott going, Ugh, Hey, sorry. I just said the stuff. Try, try being <laughs> my wife. My morning. Try being my wife. 
That's awesome. All right, guys. Thanks so much as always. Enjoy your weekend. Have a great time. And please share. We appreciate it. Russ, Kyle, enjoy yourselves, too. I'd be chatting on the interweb. Maggots prey upon the living dead. I had no interest in the things she said. On the phone.